0: Hello. We are so glad that you could join us today. Our prayer is that as you listen to the word, you would take this time to draw nearer to God as an individual and as a family. God loves you so, so much. And His desire is for you to get closer to Him in this season through worship, through dwelling in His word and prayer.
1: Well, greetings to you all. I want to just... Take this opportunity to welcome you all who are joining us, wherever you are joining us from all over the world. Uh, Thank you for joining us here on Celebration Church Online. It's a pleasure for me to be able to uh, bring the Word of God to you this morning. I count it an honor and privilege to be entrusted uh, by our senior pastors to be able to stand in their stead today uh, and to be able to bring the Word of God. I truly believe we are living in perilous times. I think we can all agree that the times we're living in are times that we never anticipated Uh, But yet, through the word of God, we can find encouragement, we can find uh, direction, we can find God's wisdom. And so today, I want to just share what God has been speaking to me. A lot of what I'm going to share today is really personal things that God has been ministering to me and through me. And so I I pray that today's word would be a blessing to somebody. Uh, If you have your Bibles, I want us to go to the book of 1 Kings, uh, chapter number 19. I'm going to begin to read from verse 1 through to verse 10. Okay, so I'm in the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 19, uh, from verse 1 through to verse 10. The, The heading says, Elijah escapes from Jezebel. Verse 1 says this, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me and more also, If I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. What a threat. This is a threat that comes from Jezebel and and she's directing it to Elijah. Verse 3 says, And when he saw that he arose, he ran for his life. And he went to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a juniper tree, and he prayed that he might die. And he said, It is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am for it is better that I go and be with my fathers. Then, as he lay, he slept under the juniper tree. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, and he touched him, and he said, Arise and eat. And he looked up, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water so he ate he drank and he laid down again and the angel of the Lord came back again the second time he touched him and he said arise and eat listen to the statement because the journey is too great for you I want to say that again because the journey is too great for you so he arose he ate and he drank and he went in the strength Of that food, 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Horeb and the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and he spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, Listen to what Elijah says. I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have all forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets. With the sword, I alone am left and they seek to take my life. It's interesting. Such a powerful passage of scripture. I'm going to stop there. And such an amazing account. And today I want to take time to just really unwrap this, 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 this passage that we've just read. But let me begin by saying this. In the 2021 words, uh, Pastor Tom declares that this will be a year of birthing. Now, that, that, that may excite us, that may get us excited, but I want you to understand that birthing is not a simple process. I think for any woman who understands, who's given birth to a child, will understand that, you know, there's a process that you go through, and it's not a simple process. And so if we're talking about this being a year where we're going to see a birthing of something, it's going to take a certain tenacity, it's going to take, take a certain energy, it's going to take a certain attitude. I want to give you the title of my message today because I believe it speaks to what I believe we're going through even in this season. The title of my message is this, simply, I'm pushing, but I'm tired. I'm pushing, but I'm tired. Have you ever been in a place where you feel like you're pushing? You feel like you're putting energy, you're putting, you're exerting energy. You're trying your best, you're you're applying yourself to something, but the truth of the matter is, you're tired. You know, when someone is tired, even the simplest of things becomes insurmountable. It becomes a challenge to lift up a chair that you would simply do without thinking twice because you are tired. And here we are talking about birthing. And let me tell you, if you're going to birth something in this season, if we're going to give birth to things in this season, we're going to need to have an energy that is supernatural. Listen, we are coming out of a year of turmoil. And, you know, one would hope that as 2020 ended, as we started 2021, 2021, that everything that came with 2020 would just end. We all had that hope. We all hoped that the chapter would just end. This virus would just end. But yet we find ourselves now being told that this virus has actually mutated. Some place, some cases saying it's getting worse. And, and, and it's like you're asking yourself, God, uh, 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 what is going on? Are, 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 we, are, we, are we coming out of this? We, we, we thought with the close of a year would come a new hope, would come a new expectation. And yet it feels like things are getting tighter. You see, one thing I've learned in life is that life is lived at in seasons. It's important that we understand and grasp this very simple yet very crucial truth because when you know that, you then know that trouble doesn't last always. Seasons come to pass the bible in many instances it would say and when it came to pass you see a season may feel so long and we go through seasons in our lives that we cannot fully understand the truth of the matter is we do not determine every season we go through we can't determine there are things in our life that we're going to go through and live through just because it is a season that we have to go through And you see, the only thing you have control over is how you are going to respond in that season. You see, winter seasons come. Whether you like it or not, there's a time where it's winter. And when it's winter, you know that it's time for you to get the jersey on, to get that big jacket out, and make sure that the heater is working at home, because you know that the cold is going to to affect you if you don't prepare for that season. You see, you can't pray away winter you can't cast away winter you can't speak away winter you've got to go through winter and there are seasons in our life that we are going to have to learn to go through nothing lasts forever and as winter comes and you go through winter you are just waiting and you're saying okay I'm waiting and I'm anticipating some people prefer winter some people love summer then summertime comes But guess what? When summertime comes, you have to throw off that jacket. You cannot keep wearing that jacket, that jersey, that sweater that you were wearing in the previous season because now the season has changed. And so it is in our lives that seasons change. The Bible in many instances would tell us that there is a time to laugh and there is a time to cry. There is a time to sow and there is a time to reap. It says that, that, that uh, weeping may endure for a night, but guess what? Joy comes in the morning. So today I want to encourage somebody who may be going through a season. We're all going through a season in our lives. Trouble doesn't last always. With that in mind, I want to make a, also a warning. I want to say this. Be careful not to make permanent decisions during a temporal passing season. I want to say that again. Be careful not to make permanent decisions in a temporal passing season. You see, many people make the mistake. It's it's like the man who who puts on the winter jacket. And he says, you know what? My life, because it's winter, I'm going to keep wearing a jacket. I'm going to keep wearing it. But then summer season comes. And still, he's still wearing that same jacket that he was wearing. And you're looking at him and you're saying, something is wrong. And he's uncomfortable. He's sweating because the season has changed. He's made a decision that no matter what, I'm going to keep wearing this sweater. We cannot make, there's certain decisions we cannot make. Just because you are going through a tough time right now. Let's be weary of the decisions we are making. Are the decisions we are making being led of faith or of fear? Because the truth of the matter is we are all making decisions every day of our lives. You see, Esau would learn this. He would learn that there are some decisions that have eternal consequences. He, he would learn that in a moment, he would make a permanent decision in a temporal season of his life. He would be so hungry, so famished in that particular moment that he thought that he, was, he, he, he would die. But he didn't realize that season was going to pass. And so for him in that moment, his birthright didn't, didn't matter He was willing to sell his birthright to his younger brother, all because he was willing to make a permanent decision in a temporal season. I want to say to somebody today that even as you go through this, there are things in life, the Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I like it, it says through the valley. There are certain things that we will have to go through. No matter who we are, we cannot cast some of these seasons out. We're going to have to embrace these seasons. We're going to have to hold on. We're going to have to soldier on as good soldiers because all things will come to pass. And so as we go through this year, we are expecting God to give birth to things. We're expecting manifestation of new things. We're expecting an anointing, fresh anointings to come into our lives. We're expecting this. We know that a woman goes through three trimesters the process of her life as she gets ready to give birth. And when I looked at these three trimesters, I I wanted to mirror it with just what we see. There's a lot of threes in the Bible, a three-quart strand, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. There's so many uh, threes. The tabernacle had the outer court, the inner court, and the most holy place. When we look at a woman, she goes through the first trimester, she goes through the second trimester, and she goes through the third trimester. You know, when you really look at it, just like it is in the outer court, there are certain things that happen in the outer court that do not take place in the inner court, that do not take place in the most holy place. You see, when you get to the most holy place, it is just you and God. In fact, the Bible would teach us that it was only the high priest who was able to go into The most holy place. Same with a woman. When she gets to the final trimester, when she's just about to give birth, not everyone enters into the labor ward. It's only the midwives. It's only those who are ready to push this thing out, who are saying, right, now it's time for us to give birth. That which you have been carrying, that which you have been going through, that which has been forming in you all this time, it's now time to push. And it's, it's interesting that not crowds are there. There are no crowds. Crowds are found in the outer court. But in the most holy place. It's just you and God. You see, thanks be to Jesus Christ that through him we're able to have access into the most holy place. Not because of our own doing, but because now he is the high priest. He says Christ in us is the hope of glory. And so because we, we have Christ living on the inside of us, we're able to have access. I'm saying this because I know that as the word has been declared, this is a year where we would see a birthing of a thing. But I want you to understand that it's going to take a certain attitude. It's going to take a certain disposition. It's going to take a certain, a certain weathering of certain storms. We're going through certain storms in our lives. You're going through certain storms. But the promise of God still stands. So, today I want to just paint a few scenarios that I think are so important. You know, when I, when I started just doing a bit of studying, I started looking at the human being. You know, the human being is made up of three parts. I think we all understand this. The spirit the soul, and the body. We, we, we understand the spirit of a man. You know, in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, the Bible says that when God created man, he, he formed him out of the dust of the earth. And then it says he breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And it says then he became a living being. Without the spirit of God, we, we are not living. It is the spirit of God that gives us life. When we talk about Lincoln, when we talk about so-and-so, it is your spirit, it's the spirit of the man that makes the man. And so we understand that that spirit man desires the spirit of God. He desires spiritual things. And then we understand, I don't don't want to labor too much on this, but I want to paint a picture here that the spirit man requires spiritual food for him to be sustained. The same is the body. The body is this this shell that we live in. that, that, That we live in. And it says that at some point we will all die. And when we die, it says that this body goes back to the dust of the earth. That's how we say that ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It comes a point, but at the same thing, in the same breath, the body must be looked after. That's why we go to gym, that's why we exercise, that's why we take walks, because we're looking after this body. But there is a particular area in our lives that a lot of us tend to neglect, tend not to really focus a lot on, and yet it plays such a crudle, crucial part in who we are, and that's the soul of a person. See, the soul. in the soul are, are three parts that are in there. It's the mind, it's the will, and it's the emotions. The mind, the will, and the emotions. Just, just saying those three things is, is, just, is just enough for you to just, I want you to pause for a moment and think of your, what, what thoughts are you having? What, what thoughts are going through it? Right? Even as we're going through this COVID crisis, what thoughts are going through your mind as I speak? Your will, you know, we talk about the will of a person. One thing God has given each and every man is he's given us free will. We see this even with Jesus, that even as he was uh, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed that prayer and he said, God, let it not be my will, but your will be done. It shows that Jesus Christ himself had a will. God has given us a will. But you see, unless our will comes under subjection to his will, we may find ourselves doing things that are not beneficial for us what about our emotions man our emotions can go all, all over the place we can we can we can we can experience trauma we can experience something that causes our emotions to go out of the, you know all over the place and get out of, out of out of out of out of tune this is the soul this is all found in the soul and yet sometimes we don't realize how the soul affects The rest of the body. It affects us in our spiritual walk. Because now if you will, if you don't will to pray, how are you going to pray? If you don't will to exercise, how are you going to exercise? And then you start eating. You start binging. Right now it's lockdown again here in Zimbabwe. And for some of us, this may be a time where we say, Okay, I'm going to go back to just binging and eating and being in a pity party. But I'm telling you, this is the time when we must arise. This is the time when we must begin to determine that if we have been told this is a season where God wants to give birth to new things, new ideas, new innovations, then we must press in. Yes, you may be tired, but at least it's time for us to understand we must push. We must push. You see, there's a scripture I'm going to break down today that I, 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 I read and I, I, I was... I was I was was speaking to somebody who really began to bring this scripture to light to me. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. I want you to just hold on to that scripture as we go through this passage of scripture that I just read. And so today, I want us to take a closer look at a man called Elijah. I read of this story, I read of this story of a man called Elijah. And if you would allow me for a few moments, just let me briefly outline some of the exploits that this man did. You see, Elijah is not an ordinary man. This is a man of God. This is a man who was used mightily of God. This is a man who prayed that there would be no rain until he, Elijah, has spoken. And it was so. This is a man who, who, who God sends ravens to give him breaded, Give him meat in the morning and in the evening for his sustenance. Who gets birds bringing him food? This is Elijah. This is the man of God that we're talking. I'm just, I'm just giving you some of the exploits and some of the accounts of a man called Elijah. This is the man who visited the widow of Zarephath with her son as they were gathering a few, few sticks. And he says they were preparing their last meal to cook because they were ready to die because they had run out of food. And he says he he showed up on on sight and he said, no, now do this, give me a glass of water. But he says, do something else. Go and use what you have. Bake me a little cake. Bring it for me to eat. I mean, it sounded absurd when he made this request. But we saw how God was able to turn around that situation through the man of God. And he says, the widow and her son were sustained all because they responded to the word that was given by Elijah. This is the guy who cried out three times for the same widow's son when he had died, had no breath left in him. And he says, suddenly the son came back to life. See, this is a man in chapter number 18 of Kings, the chapter just before the chapter that I read, who sits and he says, you know what? It's time to set the record straight. He says, I'm going to have a showdown on Mount Carmel and we are going to basically say this. It's enough now. We are wanting to determine which God is truly the living God. And so in those days, we know that there was the worship of Baal and, 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 and King Ahab and his wife Jezebel were strong worshipers of Baal. And he says there were 450 prophets that were under their leadership as they worshiped Baal. And he says, you know what? Elijah made a determination in chapter 18 and he says you know what gather all the prophets let's go up on Mount Carmel and let's set the record straight once and for all and so they get up onto Mount Carmel and he says that he says to them let us all get two, get a bull each he says they cut out this bull and they, they, they 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 place the bull he says okay let's all create let's build our altar and he says let's Not put any fire. Let's put all the wood. Let's prepare. But let's not put any fire. Let's not light any fire. Let's pray to our God. And the God who answers by fire is the true living God. And so he says, listen, you being the more, I'm going to allow you guys to go first. And he says the prophets of Baal got together and they began, they cut down, the, they cut off the bull, they prepared the oath and they began to dance around. I don't know, you know, you know how it is, they began to make those chants, hey, 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 as they began to make all kinds of sounds, preparing for their God to answer them by fire. And it says they began to cry. It says the sun began to go down. And there was nothing. No evidence of their God. Elijah is sitting there on a rock probably as he looks upon this site and he's enjoying himself and he says to them, well, maybe your God is asleep. Maybe you need to send him an email and tell him, listen, there's something happening here. And he's taunting them. He's, he's, he's provoking them and he's telling them, maybe, maybe he went on a long journey. Maybe one of you need to go and fetch, fetch him. And he says they, they tried everything. They got to a place where they were cutting themselves and still... No fire came down. And then Elijah says, okay, step aside. Step aside. And he says he built his altar. He repaired the altar. And he says he put the bull. He, he digs a trench around and he says he pours water. Now, I'm saying you're putting water, Elijah. Water is only making the situation worse. And he says they poured once. And he says he poured it twice. And he says they poured the third time. And he says, all right. Then Elijah simply makes a prayer. He stands before the men all around and he gathers and says, Today we will know who is the true and living God. And he makes a prayer. And he says, God, if you be God, then answer by fire. And he says, the fire fell down from heaven. And I love the word that's used in the King James Version. It says, it licked up. The sacrifice. In other words, there was no evidence that there was ever anything there. This is the God that Elijah, I'm telling you this because Elijah was a man of great exploits. He was a man who did great things. Soon after that, it says, they gathered all 450 prophets of Baal. And on that day on Mount Carmel, each and every one of them were killed. I I mean, if we're talking about some action movie, this is an action movie taking place right there. And this is Elijah. This is the man of God that we're talking about. And he says, soon after that, Elijah would go and he would pray. He would go and he says he would put his knees in between his face. Because Elijah was accustomed to prayer. This was a man who was accustomed to prayer. And he said to King Ahab, you tell your men to get your chariots ready and run because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And it says they got into their chariots and they began to run back. They began to gallop back and they went back. And it says Elijah ran and he overtook them. I mean, I'm just trying to show you the man who Elijah was. He overtook a chariot. This was a man who was used supernaturally by God. And so we see and we listen to this. This is a man who is accustomed to making these audacious prayers that God would answer. But then we get to chapter number 19 and verse 1. And suddenly I'm asking myself, how is it that the Elijah that we've just read of, that we've just spoken of in the previous chapters, who did great exploits, how is it that this is the same man that I'm now reading of in chapter number 19? The Bible says, when Ahab got back, he told his wife Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And he says, Jezebel. I mean, Jezebel has, she 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 is just, she is Jezebel. And she gets up and she says, she makes this threat. I want to read it. It's simply a threat. She says this, so let the gods do to me and more also. If I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. My God. She makes a simple threat. She says, basically she's saying, in, in, in normal, she says, listen, my guy. I am going to take you out the same way you took out the 450 prophets of Baal. I'm going to do the same to you if I and and let 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 God do to me and more. If I do not by this time tomorrow, guess what happens? The Bible says that Elijah ran, fled for his life. I mean, this is a man who 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 who, who had called down fire from heaven, this is a man who prayed that there would be no rain, this is a man who was accustomed. To praying prayers that God would move so mightily. And yet at the simple threat, at the simple words of of Jezebel, he runs for his life. So today I want to show you what happens. And and I was talking to you about the soul. I was talking to you about the soul and it's the place of our minds, our, our will and our emotions. Because when I look at Elijah and I start reading what he starts saying, it it shows me that something was happening in his soul. Because this was a man of God. But I want to show you this because I believe that each and every one of us can fall into the same place. See, in a season like we're living in right now, one of the places that a lot of us battle in and are battling is in our soul. We're battling with our thought life. What are you thinking of? We're battling with our emotions. We hear news from this, news from there saying this has happened, this is happening, and you begin to get fearful. It says Elijah became fearful. How is it that a man who was so used to being used of God suddenly becomes fearful, becomes suicidal, becomes depressed, and it says he hid underneath a juniper tree? How is it, Elijah? Elijah. But you see, it just shows us. And I I love to read the story because it shows me the humanity of Elijah. Because sometimes we look at these men as examples and yet they go through some of the things that you and I are going through today as we're battling through this life. He's saying, God, I know. I know I need to give birth. I know there's things that you still want me to do. But the truth is I'm tired. Because when you listen to Elijah... He speaks and he says, he, he, he makes this prayer. He says, and, and this is a man who was so used to making powerful prayers. But just, just listen to the prayer he makes. He says, Lord, is it better that I might just die? He says, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life. It is better that I be with my fathers. I'm saying, Elijah, how have we moved from defeating 450 prophets to now saying, it's better that you take my life? It's enough. This is the praise now making. But the truth of the matter is sometimes we get tired. We get weary. The Bible says that even the young men will get weary in that day. We get weary. We get tired. Life has a way of taking a toll on us. And even the best of us get to a place where we become weary. And we see Elijah in his season of weariness where he begins to not think rationally his soul is not in the right place his thoughts are not in the right place he's thinking you know what god i can't do this anymore he's forgetting what god did through him in just a few chapters before so today as i'm getting ready to close i want to say this to somebody you are in a season we are in a season that is that is peculiar we are in a season that is very hard to articulate we are in a season where, how is it that one day we are singing praises, we are enjoying life, we are dancing with our kids, we are going to, we're taking our kids to school, we are, we are enjoying being in, in corporate praise and worship. And just the following day we are being told, stop. And you think that doesn't have an impact on your soul. Sometimes we, 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 we tend to want to ignore some of the signs that sometimes begin to alert us that I'm not all right. You see, sometimes we, we, you know, we, we, we begin to, to, to go through a place where we begin to get depressed. And yet we try and act like we've got it all together. So we see a man of God going through a season where he was depressed. He was suicidal. He said, listen, God, it's better that you take my life. Today you might be in that same place where you're asking so many questions. You're saying, God, I I can't do this anymore. God, I I heard the word of the year and you're telling me it's time to give birth. I'm tired. I'm tired. I am tired, Lord. I am tired. Somebody asks you, how are you doing? You say, I'm tired. I'm tired of, of all the stuff. I'm tired. of of having to do all the things that I'm tired and the things that I used to do so easily in one season, the way I used to pray in one season, I can't do now. The, The way I used to simply just take a walk and do certain things, I can't do now. Because the truth is when you're tired, even the things that you did so simply in the previous season become insurmountable in this season. And you find yourself overburdened And you're saying, my soul is overburdened. The Bible tells us in Psalms 23, and it says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures, pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Today I want you to understand that there is one who restores our soul. When our souls are weary, when our souls, when our minds are not in the right place, when our thoughts are not in the right place, when our emotions are out of whack, there is one who promises that he restores Our soul, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared before Elijah and he said, Elijah, wake up. Elijah was sleeping under the juniper tree. He said, wake up. And he says, he woke him up and he said, eat. Today, I want to give you a simple word that God is saying in this season. If you're going to be able to produce, if you're going to be able to push the thing that God has been preparing in you, listen, that thing is not getting aborted. What God has been doing in you and through you, you are not going to abort it in the name of Jesus. I want to declare to somebody today that you have not come this far to give up now. God is saying to you, get up and eat. But what is it? He says, God says he baked for him a cake. God prepared for him a meal. You see, in this season, I want to encourage you that there is a meal that God is preparing for us that will sustain us through this season. And if you are not partaking of what God prepares, he says, I prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies, in the presence of everything we are facing right now. God is saying, I have prepared a table for you. But he says, I need you to get up and eat. I need you to eat. I know you're tired, but you need to eat because there is something that I want to give birth through you. There is something I still need to do through you. Your journey is not yet over. In fact, the Bible says, I love it, because the angel of the Lord, he says, then he let him sleep again. Because I realize that in this season, one of the things we're going to have to also learn to do, as much as we are going to feed ourselves on the word, as much as we're going to have to eat what God is providing for us in this season, spiritual food, we're also going to have to learn the art of resting in him. You see, rest is not rest unless it's resting in him, I learned that in this season. That sometimes we think we can simply close our eyes and be in a place of rest, but unless your soul is in rest with him, I'm telling you, you'll be up all night, tossing and turning, worried about tomorrow, worried about what's going to happen, worried about what you heard yesterday. But it says, He let him sleep again. It says, The angel of the Lord came again, and he makes this statement he says, Get up and eat again. He says, I want you to eat again. He says, listen, we're not done, sir. And then he says this to him. He says, the journey is too great. See, today I want to close by saying this to somebody. Your journey is too great. It's great. It's great. Let no devil in hell tell you that tomorrow you will die. Let no devil in hell tell you that your life is going to be cut short. What report are you believing? The devil may be whispering things. You see, all it took was a threat from Jezebel to get Elijah on a spiral of depression, on a spiral of being suicidal. I'm saying, what have you allowed into your soul? What thought have you allowed? What emotion have you allowed that is now causing you to act out? You see, thoughts determine emotions. Emotions. Determine behavior. And if we're not careful, if we don't start, that's what the Bible says, we must bring every thought captive. Because if we allow these thoughts, Elijah allowed a simple thought, a simple threat. Jezebel didn't even touch him. She didn't even say, she didn't even come personally. She sends a messenger. But the same man who had done exploits was trembling for his life because of a threat. I don't know what threat, I don't know what the enemy has said. I don't know what he has whispered to you in the night season, but I'm here to declare to you that you will live and you will not die. I'm here to declare to you that you are the head and you're not the tail. I'm here to declare to you that you are above only and you're not beneath. I'm here to declare to you that you are blessed in the city, you are blessed in the country. I'm here to declare to you that you are hedged. Your family is hedged from the right, from the left, from the front, from the back. You are hedged by His presence. I'm here to declare to you that he is your exceedingly great reward. That the Lord is your defender. That in a season like this, God is saying, I'm providing for you. I'm providing for you sustenance. Get up and eat. Get up and eat for the journey is great. There is an assignment that each and every one of us are carrying. We are pregnant with something. It doesn't matter who you are. You are carrying something. And God says, I do not bring to full term And not deliver. He says, I will always bring forth that which I have begun. I am a God who brings things to completion. I'm here to declare to somebody that your journey, you have still run. You see, until you get to like what Paul said, I have run a good race. I have finished. Until you've gotten there, sir, ma'am, keep pushing. Yes, you may be tired, but push. Because certainly there is something that God wants to birth through you today. Today as I close, you know, in the season, I went through the most, I went through the very same things that I'm reading today. I saw myself in a season where I thought, God, can I make it? I found my soul getting into a place where it was out of whack. I remember songs that we sing became so real to me. A song like this, you've seen my heart through the fire. You walk with me through the rain. I'll sing for joy in the heartache. I'll praise your name in the pain. You lift me up with wings like eagles. You restore to me my strength. I will run and not grow weary. I will walk and I will not faint. These are songs we sing. And in this season, they became so real. There are songs. There are songs that will become nourishment to you, that will become food to you, that as you begin to sing them, suddenly strength will be restored. The Bible says even the young man will grow weary in that day. But those who wait upon the Lord, he says he shall renew their strength. You shall mount up with wings like eagles. You shall run and not grow weary. You shall walk and will not faint. Today I declare to somebody today that your journey is still great. There is still much to be accomplished. There is still an assignment that God has put on you. There are things that you must birth in this year, in this season. And so as I close, I want to close in a word of prayer And pray that, yes, indeed, God, you are the God who promises us that you bring us sustenance, just as it was with Elijah. God, I pray, God, may you bring us our daily bread, that which we require. Father, I pray that we would be sustained by your word sustained as we worship you, sustained by the songs that are going to begin to come out of our spirits, sustained, O oh God, as we spend time with you, O oh God. Father, we know that even in this season you are giving us rest. You say, I give my beloved rest. Give us rest. Rest our minds. Father, there are many who have troubled minds right now, many who are restless, who are tossing and turning, who can't sleep, worried about tomorrow. Father, I pray that peace still peace may peace come into their homes may peace come into their lives may their souls be at peace God you say in your word that I restore your soul restore us O oh God cause us to run again cause us to get up again cause us to get up get up from under the juniper tree and do what you have called us to do this we pray in Jesus name Amen.
0: God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that you were blessed and that God will continue to transform your life in this season. If you have a testimony or need prayer and counseling, please send a WhatsApp or a call me to plus 263-784-303900 or plus nine 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 we want to hear from you and we're here for you and are ready to listen to you to pray for you and to celebrate with you so thank you we love you and stay safe